Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the cat. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Skyline. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in just a bit. we got to talk about a big-time football commitment, uh, basketball, UK basketball getting cut from a recruits list, and then an update on the Reed Travis story, which we mentioned yesterday because Kyle uh, is continuing his series on exit interviews with the fathers of players who are done with their time at Kentucky. Uh, But, Kyle, let's start with the biggest news of the day. We mentioned it on the last edition of the show. We didn't talk a ton about it because we figured that it would happen today, and it did. Um, I do need to ask you, before we get into the implications of Justin Rogers, five-star offensive lineman who's probably going to be on the defensive line for Kentucky, uh, committing over Bama, Georgia, Tennessee, Michigan. Did you watch the uh, announcement? No, I didn't. I just watched other people watching it by, by monitoring Twitter. And it seems like it was quite a mess. You missed it out, man. It was like, listen, like, there's been a lot of talk, and I'm not going to spoil anything for you or the listeners here. Uh, but the Game of Thrones finale has, has there's been a there's been a lot of talk, and you know that that series obviously had a ton of drama in it. This was even more dramatic, man. <laughs> than the Game of Thrones finale. Than All the right. Game of Thrones finale, without a doubt, because you know there was there was a situation where they're getting up there, and the normally in these commitment situations, Kyle. People get frustrated when um, there's like long speeches about how awesome kids are or how, you know, they, the school basically, I mean, the schools use it and I understand why because a lot of people are paying attention. It's kind of like a little infomercial about themselves and how great the school is. Well, that didn't go on too, too long. There was a little bit of that. But then they were trying to play the announcement video and they could not get the, uh, the video projector to work. And at one point, the coach was like, uh, do you just want to commit, <laughs> Justin? <laughs> and he was like, um, well, it's in the video, though. And he goes, so you want to show the video first? Yeah. And so he like sits back down, and then all of a sudden, I think it was Justin's mom, you could hear her on Justin's mic, say, where's Miss Taylor at? And then, oh, all, and then all of a sudden, like this guy comes back in, and he's got a new cord, and he starts fiddling with the projection thing. And then, boom, the video plays. Nice little like minute and a half video, and at the end he's like he shows up in a Kentucky shirt, so he goes to Kentucky. Um, but high drama. I think it went on for over an hour uh, from start to finish. But <laughs> anyway, necessary. Well, uh, it wasn't. <laughs> Not the kid's fault. Sounds like. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> a lot of times people, well, specifically right now, we're hearing a ton of it with the Jaden McDaniels. Oh, I don't want this drama. All this dragging out. It's not worth it. Whatever. Uh, if you have a five-star prospect, I think the coaching staff on any program probably thinks, for the most part, a lot of drama is well worth it. But anyway, Justin Rogers, like, how big is this for UK football? Uh, I mean, it remains to be seen, like, what his actual on-field impact will be. They've gotten guys that were considered five-stars before, uh, not many, but, uh, you know, Matt Elam, and we know how that panned out or didn't. Um, you know, uh, I... I 
we'll see on in terms of is he is he an awesome player i don't know i'm all it's always hard to know with off like huge strong offensive linemen or defensive linemen in high school especially offensive linemen because if they're so much bigger than everybody else they can dominate them and, and it can be misleading and guys that's like probably the one area where guys get uh misranked more than anywhere anyone but even if he never does a thing in the moment i think it's really significant for kentucky because it's the next level of recruit. It's a guy that they, as well as they've recruited under Mark Stoops, which has been really, really good for, you know, basically every class he signed. Um, and they've here and there, they've picked off a top level guy and, you know, Landon Young was a five-star recruit, but he was homegrown. This is going and getting a, you know, cream of the crop level, very, very top level guy who also isn't in your state. And you pull him out of a, a state like Michigan where there's two powerhouses, Michigan and Michigan State. You pull him away from all the other SEC schools that wanted him, you know, Tennessee, Alabama, everybody, Georgia. I think he just took a, a visit to Georgia and still committed to Kentucky. Um, so it's big for that reason that it signals, you know, not only is Kentucky able to get three or four or four stars every year that were good players in Ohio, but uh, Ohio State didn't want. Or we're you know great players in Kentucky, but it's Kentucky, and there's not you know you're you're basically getting a kid who grew up a Kentucky fan. This is going and getting a player that literally every program in the country wanted or would have taken, um, and then getting him out of somebody else's backyard. That to me, just the perception piece of that is signaling that they're ready to even go another level in their career. And it's a big what I mean. That's the big thing everybody has said all along the way, right, before the breakthrough season last year about Stoops' recruiting. Like, yeah, it's better, but, I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, the best Kentucky recruiting class is still the, the 12th best in the SEC, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the big knock. Like, it's still not good enough to really compete for a national championship. Well, these are the kind of players you get uh, when you are an SEC championship contender. Now, you got to get a bunch more of them, but you got to get the first one first. And so that, that to, to me, who knows if he's a, a really, really good player, actual player for them at some point. Probably will be. Looks looks the part, every bit the part. There's a reason everybody wants him. But the perception part of it in the here and now is very big for the program. And, and this this keeps the role going. I mean, they, they got their quarterback of the future, uh, homegrown. They got a, a really nice offensive lineman. It sounds like this kid wants to play the defensive line, so you've got a uh, a six three, what three hundred and thirty pound guy, um, who's a five star recruit coming in. Maybe either he's going to play on your offensive line eventually, and that's fine, good, or he's going to be on your defensive line and could be a huge piece for you there. Either way, to win in the SEC and win big, it's heavily about the trenches, and there's probably no more difficult position to recruit as you're building a program when you're not already one of the big boys than the defensive line and defensive tackle, nose guard, whatever you want to call it, in particular, those are at an absolute premium. And if that's what this guy is and he's an impact player, that's a really big deal too. Yeah, getting a bunch of giant guys that are like athletic and can move, uh, you can find a spot on the football field for them, if, depending on whatever line uh, that you really need to a certain extent or where they show uh, promise. 
Uh, the thing, obviously, where this goes, the next step, and we're going to attempt to get some people on the podcast going forward that have seen uh, Justin Rogers play, um, but people are always worried in football recruiting about decommitments, Kyle, but what I feel like Kentucky really has going for them is they have his former teammate, uh, Marquand McCall, already on the roster. They have uh, another guy from the Detroit area, DeAndre Square, on the roster, there was actually a little graphic that he tweeted out with pictures of him and McCall and him and Square, and then it said 313 to 859, uh, and there kind of seems to be having a little Detroit pipeline to Lexington. So he has some stability and guys he knows already on campus. And then in the specific recruiting class, as you kind of laid out, they got their quarterback. They got uh, the four-star offensive lineman out of Louisville, John Young. They got guys that seem to be you know, all the way committed. Local guys don't seem to decommit as often because, you know, Bo Allen's dad played at UK and there's tons of tons of connections there. So those guys are less likely to decommit. So the stability of the class uh, seems to be more. And if if they can turn it into a couple more cr- recruitments, they're going to be, they're going to want to stay part of this, I, w- I would imagine. So, you know, nothing's ever done till ink's on the paper, but comparatively to some other instances when Kentucky football was involved in big-time guys that other major programs wanted, you might feel a little bit better about Rodgers because of his connection uh, to the school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, they you know, they had the kid, McCall. Mc, wait. <laughs> Am I saying it right? McCall. Marquand McCall, right? Yep. I get tongue-tied. I mean, he's there in his Kentucky gear. At the commitment, he basically tackled him, right? Yeah, he uh, ran down and gave him a big old hug. Uh, and that was a lot. That was that was a, a lot of man hug on both sides. Yeah, those are that, another enormous human being. Uh, and again, I, I can't overstate that. I mean, you've said it too. It's just playing in the SEC, you better get the big boys on both sides of the line because the other side's going to have them. They're going to be trying to knock you backwards. Uh, and, and that is an area where, you know, you noticed Kentucky, you know, they upgraded almost immediately under Stoops at, at a lot of positions, but that's the hardest place to really get going. you know, they struggle on the offensive line for the first few years. They struggled, uh, you know, at that defensive tackle position. And so to, to build that up is I think paramount, but, um, yeah, I think the fact that, this isn't just some one random kind of one-off recruit for Kentucky is pretty significant. The fact that they've been mining that territory for a while, that he has a connection, that he has a, he'll have somebody uh, here in Lexington if he comes here uh, that's already a friend and he can connect to. You know, I, I think they probably feel pretty good about being able to keep this kid through signing day. But there's no question being that coveted of a recruit that schools like Alabama and Georgia aren't going to go away. Yep, no doubt about that. And we'll continue to be talking about football recruiting um, over the summer, trying to get some fun things in the works, so stay tuned to that. Coming up next, a little more about exit interviews. But before that, I do want to tell you guys about Skyline. Chili, been telling you about them for a bit. Uh, We love the one over off of Richmond Road, which is right next to the New La Roses and First Watch. Uh, You can get breakfast, lunch, and dinner all in one spot. Uh, I love the cheese conies over at Skyline. When you go in there, they make you feel at home. It's just a great spot. Set you up with the oyster crackers. Um, the the one in Lexington's got cool decor um, and the the TVs. You can watch 
watch some sports and you're in there um, during the day, watch some recaps, watch some screaming Stephen A. Uh, or whatever ESPN's got going on while you eat your cheese conies or, or three-way or whatever. Mounds of cheese, delicious chili, noodles, hot dogs, everything you want. So go check out your local skyline. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We talked about it on the last uh, podcast, Kyle. Um, Nate Travis had some what was interpreted as uh, discouraging words for Kentucky and John Calipari's staff. Um, but you talked to him, I guess it was today, right? And then you got that all done in one day. That's hard work by you. Good job. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and just kind of like, what what did he have to say? You know, you did a little bit of a longer thing. Like, what was what was some of the message that he told you about Reed's time at Kentucky? Well, I, I think part of it was I, I did the same kind of line of questioning as I asked PJ's dad. It was a lot of, you know, what did he get out of his time there? What's, you know, what's the best thing about the time he spent at Kentucky? The, the What was harder than you expected? What was better than you expected? You know, is there anything you would, you know, want to improve about the program? Uh, how would you describe Cal? Who helped you the most besides Cal? Those things. Um, those were all the kind of those are going to be the standard things I ask everybody in this series this, of exit interviews with the parents. Um, but then, as sort of a, a follow up at the end, I said, you know, I wanted to give you a chance to elaborate on what you said to Jerry Tipton and the Herald Leader because we talked about that on the last episode. Kind of got some people stirred up. With, you know, was he being critical of the program because he expressed some disappointment that Reed hadn't solidified his NBA stock? I mean. Uh, you know, he, he, he pulled out of the draft last summer to, and grad transferred to Kentucky because he was not a projected draft pick. He's also not a projected draft pick now. So basically he's in the same, same boat a year later. He, he didn't help himself. I don't think he hurt himself. Um, and he, he talked about that some in the Herald leader story. And so I asked him to follow up and he, and the biggest thing was he said, I didn't mean it negatively towards Kentucky. Um, you know, he said that, um, you know, yes, they wanted his stock to be higher, and as a dad, he hoped that it would be. Um, but you know, he said they had no regrets about going to Kentucky, and if he was to talk to a recruit now, he would uh recommend that they go to Kentucky. And um, he said it was one of the best decisions that um that Reed ever made. And 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 the point that I think I made to you, and and is one that his dad made. He was a winner. He was a three-time state champion in high school, and then he went to Stanford, and they were losers. You know, they, they couldn't make the NCAA tournament, and it was frustrating to him. And the biggest goal, aside from the NBA, the biggest goal was go somewhere where you can compete for a championship, um, and that was Kentucky. And, and so he got that experience. He, he got to be on a 30-win team. He got to be on a team that beat Kansas and Carolina uh, in the regular season, uh, that beat a number-one-ranked team in the regular season, uh, in Tennessee, um, that uh, uh, that made the Elite Eight and was basically one shot away from making the Final Four. I mean, that's that's an experience unlike anything he was able to experience, you know, in his previous four years in college. And so, for all those reasons, you know, his dad said, "No, uh, you know, there's no there's no regrets there." And uh, you know, he mentioned even he's talking to a couple of recruits that uh, are five-star guys in the state of Minnesota where he's from 
whose parents have reached out to him, one in the 2020 class, one in the 2021 class, that have reached out to Reed's dad and said, what, you know, what can you tell us about Kentucky? Uh, and he said, I, don't, I think actually we cut this out of the, the piece just because it was getting long. But he, he basically said he told them both, like, you have to ask yourself, if do, does your kid want the structure that Kentucky offers? Because it's not like other places. Like, they have a plan to keep kids focused. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're not going to be chasing girls. You're not going to be just hanging out on campus. I mean, he said, he said all that. Like, at Kentucky, you know, you're there to do – work to you know you're there for business and that's how they'll treat you and uh that's basically what he told those recruits parents so any idea that the reed travis and his family are were unhappy uh about his time at kentucky i think was fairly well refuted in that i like that nate just regurgitated john calipari's line oh i mean that's (laughs) what I, i laugh too yeah like you if you want to smoke chase or whatever but he smoke drink or chase uh and he always just says chase like like you're supposed to know, know. What that means. smoke drink or chase it's not going to happen here uh but that you know they they are they're serious about that you know if if you're if you're a guy who just kind of wants to hang out and party and you know you want your college experience to be I and mean, there's nothing there's certainly nothing wrong <laughs> with saying i want my college experience to be like a nothing but a fun good time that's fine. It's just not like Kentucky is probably not the place for you because they, they want guys who are, who are serious about their team and their individual goals. You know, they want guys who are, you know, junior pros, basically guys that are, are there uh, behaving like professionals. Yeah. Um, I'll give you a dollar at the next John Calipari press conference when he says that if you follow up and ask him what he means by chase. Yeah. What chase, what like chase credit cards or, <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness chase uh, bank is that what, what, what do you mean smoke drink or chase chase elliott That's who is this chase chase are you recruiting some guy named chase <laughs> yeah that's uh, uh, always i always get a kick out of that line yeah he's got some good ones he uses them a little bit too much that's a problem when he does have a good one he overuses it and that's that's the main that's the main complaint i have with uh a john calipari uh, I often talk on the local show with Dick Gabriel about how like he uses the the press room as a, a trial ground for his jokes that he's going to go use on the radio in his post game yeah. interview with Tom Leach because if he gets any kind of reaction, you know it's going to get regurgitated out on the radio. And then Dan Patrick, and then when he's on Sports Center, uh, he'll roll him out again. I, I do wish he would dust off uh, pooped ice cream. That was a good because- one. Because that has a, in fact, he had actually retired poop ice cream, uh, I believe, before I got on the beat in 2012. So I have, I'm not sure I've, I've seen a, a poop ice cream in the wild. I've only seen it, I've only seen it on, uh, on video footage. He's, uh, he's done it on the radio uh, a couple times, but that's such a long format that he kind of has to trot out all the old ones. Uh, so. You know, there's also a theory out there that he retired. Poop ice cream about the time that he bought in bought a steak in the uh, orange leaf frozen <laughs> That's frozen, frozen yogurt business. <laughs> now that would be that would be the marketing genius if he starts talking about well I guess that I don't know if that would necessarily work pooping frozen yogurt you don't want feces in, in your business to be in the same sentence yeah, but exactly. um, and there's a flavor called calabari <laughs> at the uh, at the or, at the orange leaf. 
So, all right, coming up next, we talked a little bit about recruiting. There is some SEC news and then some Kentucky-specific news in basketball recruiting that happened today. We'll talk about that next. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. R.J. Hampton did officially what we all kind of thought had happened unofficially, Kyle. He cut Kentucky from the list. It is now Kansas, Memphis, Texas Tech. So, well, I guess yeah, technically there's another player in this, isn't there? <laughs> uh, it's overseas, uh, which I think people, that, that's kind of getting a little steam um, on the interweb. But not that this isn't too surprising, Kyle. I mean, you know, it, it was just Kentucky's backcourt had, had kind of been set for a while. Once Ashton Higgins decided to come back, Emmanuel quickly decided to come back, and now you're having Johnny Juzang and all those other wings. You know, they, they, they got a pretty pretty stacked backcourt. Yeah, and that's basically what his dad said, I guess, on Memphis Radio today, that Kentucky's backcourt is set. He had previously eliminated another of the Blue Bloods, Duke, and added Texas Tech. It's pretty clear he, the dad wants him to play point guard. Uh, he wasn't going to be the primary point guard at Kentucky or at Duke. Uh, you know, he could be that at Memphis. He could be that at Kansas. I assume he could be that at Texas Tech. I don't, I'm not as familiar with their roster. As you mentioned, the other option and one that I think there's been some strong buzz about uh, is that he could go to China and play. Uh, I think, I think there's a decent chance it's really between Memphis or China. And, uh, you know, it's crazy because if, if it's, if Memphis ends up winning that sweepstakes, then, you know, they've got three. They've got three uh, projected top ten picks from what I looked at. I think it was in ESPN's mock draft. Achua, yeah. Wiseman, and Hampton are all projected to go in the top ten in the 2020 draft. And then and then five other basically top 100 recruits. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, that's that, they, they would have eight guys ranked in the top, like, 110 players in the country, uh, which – would not only be the number one class in the country, I mean, it would pretty much seal that for Memphis, that Kentucky, even with Jaden McDaniels, I don't think could overtake them. Um, but it would also just volume-wise be an absurd class. I mean, has anybody ever brought in eight guys? I don't know. Uh, Kentucky, sure. like, did Kentucky sign, I think, I, I think, maybe did they sign eight guys when they had all the McDonald's All-Americans plus uh plus Derek Willis and Dominique Hawkins, that might have been an eight-person class as well. But but that is a, a highly unusual thing. Just just basic math of, of adding eight new guys to a roster. Not to mention, if they did that, they also have the, the grad transfer, although there's some question whether he'll actually come or, or stay in the NBA draft, but they could potentially add nine new faces to their roster. Yeah, and... Um... You know, I'm gonna probably like I'm I'm not yeah you two, well okay so they did sign eight technically in 2017 but one was Hamadou Diallo who came uh, mid year so he didn't really count he didn't play that season he had come the the year before right or oh oh he came that at the end of no the no he came no they technically added eight that year because that would have been his freshman year um he he counted I guess in the way that I'm looking at it two four seven. 2017, because it was Diallo, Knox, Vanderbilt, Washington, Richards, Green, Gilgis Alexander, and Jamal Baker. Oh, yeah, but he had already come to campus the previous yes, January. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. Okay, anyway, um, I'm going to get like a reputation as a penny defender, and I don't even mean to do that. I don't even necessarily 
think that I want to be on that boat. I mean, uh, my stance basically is he's going to have so much talent that I think they're going to win a, a decent amount of games. Um, but if you want to like kind of lay out a path to where Memphis might not have as much success as they should with the talent that they have, there could be discourse in the team because uh, this was a point from Gary Parrish, who does the national um, college basketball podcast for CBS, and he's a Memphis native and down there. All, that's where he's at. Um, he does a local radio show. But anyway, um, he said he, he brought this back to Calipari, and he said that Calipari told him one time that he will only recruit Memphis players if he knew that they would start. Because if you have Memphis guys on the bench, the community might revolt. <laughs> And that's what it looks like Penny has done because Wiseman's local, obviously. He'll get a ton of time, but, you know, Achua is going to get minutes. Hypothetically, if Hampton comes, he's going to get the minutes as well, and you're going to leave Memphis guys on the bench. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, with the exception of Wiseman, he's essentially immediately recruited over all the guys that he, you know, said, hey, come with me, that he had the local connections to. Uh, including some guys from last year. I mean, this is his second class. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of kind of second tier guys who jumped on board with him last year. I mean, those guys aren't going to play a minute, <laughs> you know, for for next year's team. So yeah, I, I think you certainly are approaching a situation where there's going to be a bunch of ha- unhappy dudes. And you know, one of the things that people who aren't Calipari detractors, who are either defenders or just more realists about whether, you know, what he's good and bad at. The one thing that people who sort of look at him objectively and say, he's been really good at managing not having a bunch of ticked-off dudes and the chemistry imploding when he's had these stacked rosters. It's not an easy thing to do. And and whatever you think of the X, the X and O coach, I think Penny's going to be a fine X and O coach. I, I think he knows basketball, and he knows it at the highest levels. But how many people ever have had to manage a roster like that? And this is his second year as a as a head coach in college, and he's going to be dealing with not just X's and O's and figuring out how these pieces fit, but he's going to be potentially dealing with a bunch of guys who want to be the man, or at least one of the men, who are going to be you know, not pleased with how their minutes end up shaking out. So what do you do when those families come knocking on your door? What do you do uh, when those players – uh, start to, you know, because it's not like Kentucky never has anybody brittle. You know, they, they go through some of that turbulence in the season. They d- usually do a good job of keeping it contained and by the end of the year kind of getting everybody on the same page. So it's a tough thing to do. It's something Cal's become really good at, but I don't think it's just necessarily, you know, you snap your fingers and everybody gets along and they're happy with the fact that they're playing 15 minutes a game when they thought they, they when they committed, they thought they were getting 25 or 30. Yeah. Um, last bit of news that happened today was Trendon Wadford, five-star forward out of Alabama, committed to LSU. So the SEC is getting some more talent. This isn't a surprise when it came down to it, but if you look at this kind of recruiting landscape overall, it is pretty stunning that a guy who was held out of the SEC and NCAA tournament because of violations that were reported now is getting five stars again, Kyle. Um, it is kind of amazing, and we've talked about it a lot. Uh, Sean Miller, Will Wade, neither of those guys seem to have any issues off of this basketball trial. 
I mean, no, Arizona is going to sign a top four class. You know, at one point had the number one class two weeks ago, I think still had the number one class, you know, LSU is going to add a five-star player and probably have one or two more guys in this class. Uh, you know, it, it, when it comes to recruiting, the smart money is on Will Wade. That's a strong ass joke. <laughs> That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Kentucky. Please rate, please review, please subscribe. Uh, All those things really help. Um, And then most importantly, share this with somebody else who would enjoy. Uh, Follow Kyle on Twitter. At Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Read his work in The Athletic. You should subscribe because I I don't know if we've mentioned it yet, but he has a couple more exit interviews coming up. So uh, you'll definitely want to read those. If you want to hear more from me, you can listen to me weeknights on WLAP 6 to 8 p.m. on Big Blue Insider. Follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Thanks again to Skyline for sponsoring this edition of the show, and thanks to you for listening. We will talk to you guys soon. You are Locked on Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Um, anything else? Uh, Reed, Justin Rogers. Uh, oh, uh, RJ Hampton cut Kentucky. That's right. Um, 